Hello there, welcome to the Going Upstairs podcast from Opening Up Cricket. This is episode 61 and thank you for joining me. We have another of our pre-season series recordings here, this time with Lewis Rees from Derbyshire. And one of the topics, in fact the first one we go through, is mindset as an all-rounder, giving Lewis the chance to give us the benefit of his experience there. We also talked about managing anxiety and positive team environments. Whilst this was available originally live on Zoom and recorded for YouTube, I've put it on the podcast like with the previous one from Finn to give people a chance to catch up with it and hopefully take something that can help with their well-being and their mental fitness going into the new season. Hope you enjoy. Cheers. But first of all, uh, I'll say a welcome to Lewis. How are you? Hey Mark, you okay? Hey, good, thanks. Yourself? Yeah, not bad, thank you. Not bad. Okay, yeah, we're almost getting there. We maybe see the light at the end of the tunnel and some proper cricket this year, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully so. I mean, well, yeah, things are... Obviously, this lockdown's not ideal, but fingers crossed the time summer comes around, we can start getting some spectators and some fans into the into the grounds and, and get a bit more normality back around the world. Yeah, definitely. And I think that'll be great on both sides of the of the coin for the players it's good for you to have someone to perform in front of and then for for us fans to actually go out and and see it rather than watching it on the telly okay the first thing we're gonna gonna go into is from your perspective as as an all-rounder and we've spoken before about this I think last year how you don't get much of a let-up with uh having the new ball and also going out there as a as an opening batter so uh yeah, let, let's start off with with your approaches as a mind in terms of a mindset as an all rounder. Yeah, I think the key days for me are a couple of days before the game. Um, so my mindset is pretty much trying to prepare myself um, physically as well as I can before the game. Whether that's um, you know, whether I've got to do some technical stuff in between games, I want to change a few things, or I just mentally want to try and get my head around what I'm going to be facing, um, both with the bat and the ball. Um, so I try and get myself in in the mindset for the game coming forward. Um, but I try and do that maybe 48 hours ahead of the game if I can, if the fixtures allow that. I try and give myself the day before as as much of a relaxation day as I possibly can really try and, um, you know, I'll use that more as a perhaps studying the opposition um, the night before or the day before, just try and do a little bit less physical the day before. Um, So yeah, just obviously, as I say, try and give myself that break because I know that physically demanding during the the four days that I'm going to be playing, it's going to be quite hard work. So trying to have the rest periods whenever I can get them are quite massive for me. Um, and anyone that knows me and plays cricket with me knows that I like sort of being on my feet. I like training. I like doing that, but I have to tell myself to actually rest and give myself that bit of time away. Um, so yeah, day off before the game, um, do a bit of homework and that on the opposition, try and find out their strengths and weaknesses where sort of, you know, anything that can sort of give me the edge going forward. Um, and then during the game, I try 
um, I try and get in the mindset of realising that I've done my work before the game. So it's not going out there. Like I know some people, and I've done it in the early parts of my career, is going out there hitting you know, hundreds of balls the morning of the first game. But I try and allow myself to mentally know that I've I've done my preparation. I've done my um, the hard work before the game. So it, for me, it's just a case of switching on, whether that is a few taps into a net, just to sort of get the feel of hitting a ball or bowl a few balls to the keeper. Um, but the morning of the game, I try and just allow myself to feel the game and not sort of try and do too much exertion um, too early, knowing that I've got a long four days ahead of me. Um, so it's just trying to trust your processes, really, which is quite a, it is quite a challenge, especially as a young person, because you feel like everyone's eyes are on you. Um, you feel like everyone's watching you every move, which, you know, they do. But it's trusting yourself, knowing that you have done the hard work and then knowing that your skills will take over during the game and you'll get into the battle with an opposition and it's just between you and them then. There's nothing else you can do. It's not, If you're thinking technical while you're playing, more often than not, you'll come out second best because you've got too many other things going on in your head. So it's just trying to clear clear the rubbish out and try and focus on the task in hand, really. Um, so, yeah, I, I suppose, in a way, it's just trying to keep it as simple as possible for as long as I can. Hmm. Yeah, that that's it. interesting because when we're looking at it from the outside, we, we maybe don't think about that lead-up and, like you've mentioned, the 48 hours before where you're doing your homework and you're getting prepared what's the difference when you're involved in a a one-day game whether that be um, a t20 or something of a longer format and you're switching between disciplines between innings so let's say maybe you've come back for another spell with the ball you finish that and then you're going to be going out to bat pretty soon are there any things that you utilise there to be able to help you leave one behind and move on to the other, particularly if there have been difficulties? Um, yeah, I think it's a little bit different when it comes to the shorter format because I try and do my work actually the morning of the game. So not the morning, sorry, pre-game. So I'll hit a few more balls on a 2020 game or bowl a few more balls to try and know that the games are coming thick and fast. Usually it's day on, day off, day on, day off with your games, which can be quite hard to sort of have that 48-hour lead-up. Um, so with that, I try and do that beforehand. But when it comes to switching between innings, it's I'm very lucky in terms of I am a multifaceted cricketer when I, I have got the bat and ball. So and it has happened hundreds and hundreds of times where I've gone around the park and I've I've got to sort of leave that baggage behind, put my pads on and go out there. Um, and it's sort of, you try and get to the grasp of knowing that, fine, it's not gone my way with the bat or it's not gone right with the ball, but I can influence this game no end with the other facet and whether that could be in the field as well. And as I say, I try and break it down and, and Dave Houghton's been very good with this and it's something that I've had to learn quite quickly is 2020 is so fast and furious. Everyone's trying to hit everyone out the park and everyone's trying to sort of, you know, you're always trying to be the match winner in that sort of situation. So eventually you are going to lose a few. So say there's a group of 14 games. If you can influence and you can win maybe three or four of them, you're worth your weight and gold in any team. 
It's knowing that you're not going to influence every single game and you're not going to carry out your skills every game and you're going to be on top. There is going to be someone who's going to be, they're going to have their day and they're going to back it, uh, bash you out the park or they're just going to bowl you an absolute beauty of a Yorker that's going to knock all three of your stumps out of the ground. But it's try and ride the wave, especially in the T20 stuff. One day is, it's probably somewhere in between the four day and the, um, the 2020 stuff, but especially 2020, you, you've got to understand that it's you're not going to affect every game as much as you want to. But it's trying to get in the mindset of knowing that when it is your day, you're going to make it count and you're going to win those games of cricket. And being an all-rounder, it gives you that double-edged sword that if it doesn't come out with a bat, you know you've got the ball to influence the game. And it's it's knowing that it could be with a ball, it may just be one ball, you may get the best, better, best batter out. Or with a bat, it could just be you see your side home and it just wins that game. And then all of a sudden, you may have had a bad half an hour with a bat or half an hour with a ball, but it all makes it worthwhile when you win that game at the end of it. Yeah, I like that. And I think as we as we move on to our next bit, the, the key, I think, when we're looking at transferring some of these skills and these approaches to to, to, to other parts of cricket, but also our life, is that, yeah, it's, it's worth taking that time to reflect that it's not always going to be our day, but there is tomorrow or even there is the next play or the next minute. And, and cricket's brilliant at teaching us that, that we do have the ability to come back and, and it, it's not a foregone conclusion that it's a bad day or a bad season just because of one thing. So I think that's really useful. Our second uh, topic then to, to look at is managing anxiety. Now, I suppose there's, there's two ways this can be, can be looked at. Of course, there's performance anxiety and, and, and nerves and so on that people may experience um, across across cricket and across all kinds of areas. And then there's when anxiety calls can be up that bit more serious and, and have more of an impact impact um, more widely. Uh, and we have spoken about this um, a, a little bit before, and, and you've, you've shared some ideas there. So it'd be good to hear from your perspective about how you work to manage that. Yeah, um, as you say, we spoke about this previously where this is quite a big subject for me. Um, you know, I, I've I've stuff, suffered with depression and anxiety throughout my career um, and it's been something that I've not always got right um, and I have struggled at certain times. But as I, I think I said it in the last one, it, it's my way of going through this was seeking help. Um, and when I say seeking help, I actually went down the therapy route of, um, I went and spoke to, um, and I still do, it's not something that I finished. I, I spoke to someone about the fears that I have and my, I suppose, insecurities that I have as a person and as a player. Um, and it's something that I try and utilize just as much as I would the treadmill or the gym or something like that, where you're trying to get fit with that. It's something that you have to try and stay on top of and, I think as I've gone through my journey as a, a cricketer and I'm hopefully going into my more fruitful years um, as a player, I've, I've learned that actually now it's about that maintenance of constantly doing it. Whereas when I was younger, it was perhaps I feel the build-up and I get to that eruption point of something's got to burst and then I try and deal with it. But by then, a lot of the damage has already been done to me um, and others around me. It affected my my relationships with my family and and my friends and 
it's only when you come out of the, I suppose, when the dust settles and you can actually see that. And I think as I've got older, I've got a little bit better at that. And I've, even when I feel good, I still speak to these people that I have around me and I still sort of, it could be something very small and minute, but actually getting it down on a piece of paper and telling someone that it helps me and it just sort of breaks that issue down and we can work through it. And I suppose, rationalize the issue that's been put in front of you. Cause as you know, yourself, you, you get these things in your head and in your head, there's so much worse than the actual outcome that come from them anyway. But we internalize things so much that we build it up and build it up and eventually it gets so out of control. And when it actually happens, you actually surprise yourself of, geez, it wasn't half as bad as what I had in my head. So it's just about talking to people and, and they help you just sort of see that actually what you're going through is natural. It's a natural emotional response. It's just trying to deal with it better by speaking to people. Um, and I think if nothing else from COVID, I think that's there's definitely a more a bigger awareness and a, a more of an emphasis on people speaking to each other um, about these sort of things when they are at home. So it's not just cricket, but um, yeah, definitely. And as I say, before before a game or, you know, whatever, I, I try and have these conversations with people weekly, if not fortnightly, if fixtures are that packed. But I try and make sure that I continually have them and uh, it's something that, you know, even after I've finished cricket, I know that it, if I can keep this in place, then it's going to help me going forward. And that element of being proactive is, is, has got to be the key thing for people people listening and watching and thinking that, yeah, we, we can be very reactive towards these kind of things um, and, and wait for them. And then, it, as you said, it can be a lot worse. A lot of the damage can be done uh, within that. So that key theme of of speaking to someone and being proactive about it, I think is, is a, is a fantastic message just in terms of say some of the, the cricket specific things and maybe the other side, the more day to day, perhaps um, almost less noticeable side of the, the nerves and how our mind can then start racing away. Is there any things that you employ um, more instantly perhaps when you're in the middle of a game or in those moments beforehand that just help you manage to calm down and then put all your practice into play yeah um it's something that as i've especially got more involved in i um i quite often take myself off for a little half an hour nap especially in the longer format um just try and reset myself and because of i'm so active and my brain races i don't i'm not a great sleeper at night um because i'm always thinking and i do have to practice hard about trying to switch off at night and that's something that I've really had to try and stay on top of, but I just try and take myself off somewhere quiet, somewhere um, a bit isolated. So I can have that half an hour just to sort of, for myself, I suppose it's called me time where I try and reset. And I, I, I always find if I do, if I am able to get, you know, a bit of a sleep, whether it's, you know, 15 minutes or whatever it is to try and just, it just resets me and just sort of lets me calm and lets me be a bit more measured. Um, because, yeah, I think being an all-rounder, you do have the plus side that you can um, you can influence the game on, with both facets. But also, and I've done this before myself, which you can also feel like you've messed it up with both facets. And that's a double sort of, um, it compounds you that, well, double as much as what a, a batter or a bowler would do. But it's trying to, 
as I say, I'd try and take myself off. So I'd give myself that half an hour or I'll ask, you know, one of the, the other lads that is, um, you know, that are around me that are not influencing the game at that particular time. And I'll, you know, again, I'll take them off instantly to just try and have a conversation about something else other than what's just gone on ahead of me. Um, you know, it could be something as silly as, you know, a TV series or, you know, what they did over the weekend or golf or whatever it is, just something away from cricket that just sort of helps um, take the emphasis away from cricket. So it's not this massive thing in your head. It's actually realising that cricket's just a small part of life. And as much as it's a passion of all of ours that play and follow cricket, it's not the be all and end all. And it's realising that actually there is a bigger world out there and, you know, if cricket isn't going your way, which, you know, a lot of the time it doesn't go exactly how you want it to, it's understanding that there are bigger things out there. And um, for me, I'm a big sort of family and friend person. So getting myself away for either having a sleep to reset and I can sort of process those thoughts while I'm asleep and I just sort of reset um, or actually just speaking to a friend about something completely different is definitely a massive help for me. Yeah, great. I like that, uh, certainly. And very practical as well for, for people. When you sat there on the, the sidelines on your, in your club game on a Saturday and you're looking at the bowling and you're looking at the possible change bowlers and starting to fret about what might happen, um, some of that nervous energy can just be maybe directed towards something else just to, just to stop it eating at you. So, yeah, it's something I'm going to be thinking about differently our third one um and you mentioned in your in your, your your bit just then about how the teammates around you can be really helpful in in helping to manage anxiety and and nerves so what we'd like what i'd like to to conclude with here is about positive team environments and and what it is that you can you perceive as making one um, and and how they make such a difference to helping you and others manage your mental health positively. Yeah, I think um, this one's a massive one for, for any team and it doesn't matter if it's cricket, it could be any line of work, any sport, anything. For me, you've got to have that complete honesty and trust in the people around you. Um and that's, I know people say this at all, but trust and honesty is so easily broken very quickly. Um, you know, it can take years to build or um, whatever, but knowing that people have got you back through the good and the bad is something that's so invaluable for any team. Um, and I mean, our team, like Derby, and I'm not just saying this because I'm part of it, the boys are absolutely brilliant at it. It's not, I have been involved in certain environments, not just cricket, but um, environments in my life where when things are going well people are your best friends they're always up and around you they want a piece of you they, you know you, you are the big thing but as soon as things perhaps turn and you're not doing as well or things aren't as perceived as you're doing as well every, all of a sudden things are become a bit more lonely and there's no one there um, and our dressing room is unbelievable at this it the fact that people are able to see a change in someone and they can see that actually like, fine things aren't going as well as they would like, you know, it could be right. We'll take them out for a coffee or 
you know, we'll go and try and play some golf with them or we'll have a chat or something like that. And you take them off and it's not always about finding out what's going on in their head, but realising that actually they're not on their own. It's such a big thing. And knowing that a team environment, people are going to have their up times, they're going to have their down times. And then when someone else is down, someone's going to be up and it's going to be always that up and down motion of, of life. It's by creating that atmosphere that someone's got your back, you know that actually if you are having a bad time, you know, they'll have you back and they'll carry you until things start smoothing out for you. And then it's your turn to go. And then when you're going well, you may have to sort of try and put your arm around someone and try and help them go. And at the same time, if you're acting like a fool, you can tell someone or you can be told that you're being the fool and it's not taking offence from that. It's actually just going, actually, you know what? You're right. I am, I'm taking this too personally. I need to snap out of it. It's a bigger picture here. And that honesty is so invaluable because you can squash things there and then and they don't fester. And as I mentioned before, when you internalise things, those things that fester, they grow and grow and grow. And then they grow to such a stage that you can't repair them. And when that happens, it doesn't matter what you want as a collective. If you don't feel like there's trust in that um, that honesty there, you can never achieve what you want to because there'll always be the individual people there rather than just the whole team pushing in one direction. Um, so, yeah, that positive team environment for me is honesty and trust and, and knowing the blokes around you are trying to do the same thing as what you are. It's not just an individual sort of game. And as I say, we are very lucky at Derby that our senior players, um, and I suppose I have to count myself as a senior player now, um, but you know, like Wayne and Billy, who have been there a lot longer than I have, they've installed this throughout the squad. And that's what I say is we haven't got the biggest squad in the world, but we have a first team squad. It's not just first and second team. It's We know that any given day, if I go down, someone else can fill my shoes and, and I want them to do as well as they possibly can. And if Wayne went down, then we know someone could come in and fill in for Wayne and Wayne will want them to do as well as possibly as well as they possibly can and it's that genuine happiness when someone does well it's it's brilliant and you know no matter who it is if they get a five for or they get a hundred or they win the game um at the end in a 2020 or you know something like that it'll always be we'll celebrate that success as a team it's not just if you have a good day personally you're happy it's you're generally happy for the person sat next to you and it's an incredible environment to be in and it's definitely something that you know it's made me want to stay at Derby for for the rest of my career if I can um you know it's something that I've I've definitely fallen in love with and it's um yeah it's it's meant a lot to me as I've come through a challenging time in my career mm. yes it it it's really the the thing we all aspire to in sport and in life is to play in, in a team, whether that be at work or whether it be in sport, where we feel supported and we feel valued. So it's always so great to hear examples of where people are experiencing that because we can quite easily get caught up with when things aren't going so well and we can all reel off what a bad team environment looks like. But to hear the examples of what a good one is, is, is fantastic. So I'm going to open it up now for any questions. People can put them in the chat or in the Q&A, whichever is easier. So we'll pause for a few moments to 
to allow that to come on. Uh, I've got a couple if I can sneak them in, but I will give um, big preference to those who are who are who are joining us. But uh, as we're as people are typing away, uh, just a quick shout out to Moonrise Cricket and Charlie there, um, who's been supporting these sessions that we're running on the Sunday evenings. Obviously, I had Finn last week. We've got Lewis here today, and uh, next week we've got Tara Norris, and the week after that, Daniel Bell Drummond, and then I'm going to be. Uh, announcing another set that will lead us that little bit closer towards uh, our cricket season here in the UK. So um, as people are thinking up questions, I'm going to throw uh, my one in here. Um, now that you're, yeah, you, you said yourself there, you sort of got to look on yourself as being a, a senior player for the years that you've been been playing. I'm certainly not commenting on your age or anything. But, <laughs> um, but what, what would you say is the key thing you know now that you'd love to impart to say an 18 19 year old version of yourself um first off thanks for not saying that i'm old um i guess the key thing is trying and and it's such a hard thing to do but enjoy things a bit more um because at the end of the day you don't have control over the outcome you can work as hard as you possibly can, but it doesn't always go your way. It's just the way life is. But enjoying that journey, if you can enjoy whatever you're doing, and I'm not saying don't work hard because people are different, but for me, I, I have always had to work as hard as I possibly can. Sometimes I've worked too hard and it's been uh, detrimental to me. But enjoy the journey. Enjoy whatever you're doing because there's no point doing it if you don't enjoy it. It's honestly a waste of time because life is too short and I think as I've got older and you, unfortunately you see probably the lesser um, nice side of life shall we say it's um, yeah you definitely realise that life's too short not to enjoy so enjoy this journey enjoy being part of playing cricket on the on the field because um, you're with 10 other fantastic people that you love for the most part Um I'm not saying every team's like it, but for me, anyway, I share the field with 10 fantastic people. I've got science and medicine staff that are brilliant around me. Coaches are fantastic. And just enjoying that and allowing yourself to, to yeah, sometimes just give yourself a bit of a, a clap on the back and say, you know what, life's pretty good here. I'm with my friends. I'm doing what I love. Yeah, it's good. And I wish I, I'd done that more as an 18, 19-year-old. Yeah, great, great advice. I think that it takes a bit of time to connect with what we actually have as the reason for doing it in the first place. Surely it's it's to enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, got a couple here then. Um, one is um, from Noah. Who's the best play cricketer you've played with or against? Um, I'd probably have to say Matami Rilithirin. Um is the best player I've ever played with. Um, I played with him on the MCC tour to uh, Abu Dhabi and Dubai. Um, yeah, he was such a lovely person um, and his ability, and that was towards the end of his career, but his ability and his, his confidence was, was second to none. He had a proper cheeky smile about him, um, as most people that have seen him play know that he's got. But yeah, he just the love for a game that for him was a very low profile game. Um, but he, you could just see that he loved it and he was obviously unbelievable with his skill and his ability and yeah, Matai Mirilithrin. Yeah. 
can't really top that, can you, in like the history of the game with his records? Yeah, extraordinary. Uh, Johnny says, how do you shut off after games and not worry too much about them uh, with overthinking of what you could have done differently or what you should have done? Uh, good question. This is something that I've struggled with a lot throughout my career. Um, but I try and force myself to do something else. Um, so I try and spend time with my family um, or to spend time with my team or try and do something other than cricket, something that will stimulate your brain. And it could be going to the gym if you're into that sort of stuff. It could be doing some sort of studying or it could just be taking the dog out for a walk, something that's um, something that's away from cricket. And it just sort of helps take your mind away from what, what you're either worrying about um, that's gone or that's going to come ahead. But yeah, just try and take your focus somewhere else. And it's so hard because if you are that desperate to do well, you will find your mind wondering. But give yourself a bit of you time away from cricket um, and just trying to keep in your head, as I said before, that there's more things to life than, than just cricket. As much as you love it and as much as it's your passion, cricket is only a small part of you as a person and small part of the world. Yeah. A final question um, is when going through a, a bad trot, a, a bad trot um, with your performance with the bat, how do you make yourself positive to, to be able to carry on and achieve your goals? Um, I think for me, it's, and I've got to a stage in my career, it's understanding that form is temporary. Um, you can't always sort of perform as well as you would like, as much as we all want to and we all think we can. Um, and unless you're like Amanus Labashain at the minute, who's making cricket look very easy, um, you're always going to have those downtimes. But it's trying to it's trying to understand yourself that you've you've done it before, so you don't become a bad player overnight. You don't become rubbish or anything like that. That some people the words that are chucked around. It's knowing that actually just things aren't falling your way at the minute. And if you carry on doing your processes that you've done previously and um, you you know that you've had results doing it before, it's trusting that ability to come through again and knowing that things just come in cycles. And sometimes, you know, bowlers can bowl well at you and they just have your number. Um, and it may be something that you have to go around and, and change something slightly technical. Or sometimes it's just the nature of the game and just, knowing that people, you know, at the minute, it's just not falling for you. Um, but yeah, it, it can be a lonely place. And that's why, as we said before, having those teammates around you when this is going on is so valuable because they can just see things that perhaps you can't because you're so involved in it. Um, but having those teammates or friends or family that come watching you, you know, those people are so brilliant to have around you and to talk to. Um because they may know something that you don't. And um, yeah, that that you know that they'll be honest and you know it's coming from a good place. So if you have those people that you trust as well, that's always another place that you can do is just chat to them about it. Um, and even so, you most people have video cameras now on the phone. Just record yourself having a bat in the nets and have a look if see if anything's changed. Um, that's the other thing. So uh, just as I say, there's a few things there. Trust yourself. Talk to co close people around you, whether it's teammates or family, friends. And then the third one, visually look at yourself having a bat or bowl in the nets um, when you get to training. They're my, 
the things that I would do anyway. Yeah, brilliant. And as we finish, I, I, I reckon that there's so many practical things that can be taken away. And in, from my perspective here about maybe setting people a little bit of a, a challenge to think what they can do to look after their, their mental health and fitness, some of the themes that have, that have come out really strongly are, um, particularly at the beginning, we're talking about the, the preparation and making sure that the process of doing things is, is taken, taken care of. So at the moment when we've got a lot of uncertainty, what can we focus on which we can control is really important. Also things about communicating with others and, and being proactive about things that, that help you, whether it's managing something like depression or anxiety or just your performance, not waiting till it goes wrong until uh, we do something. And then those things about the, the team environment and that sort of honesty uh, with each other, but the perspective, and that's really key, that it's not the be-all and end-all, whatever it is in our life that isn't maybe working, whether that be cricket, something in our relationships, etc. that's not the only thing. And if we can get that context, it, it really does help. So um, that's us done. Thank you for, for people for coming along. And, and, and more importantly, thank you to, uh, to Lewis for your time. And uh, I hope the rest of the training pre-season goes well. And we are keeping the fingers crossed for a long, hot summer. Crowds back in there um, to watch you do your stuff. So thanks and, and good luck, mate. Cheers. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for having me. Bye.